Dvar Torah in three parts. I'll start. <laughs> this time last summer, we were all over the place in this building. There was a movie being filmed. It was called, You're So Not Invited to My Bat Mitzvah. Some of us watched it yesterday. Some of us watched it Wednesday. A few people here read the script. Um, it needed to be read in advance. Reb Steve, what was your feeling about the script? Thumbs up, thumbs down, or middle? When I read the script, I did not think this was going to be a good movie. When Reb Steve read the script, he did not think it was going to be a good movie. I read the book. I remember reading the book and thinking, oh my gosh, I cannot believe we're filming this in the shul. It's going to be terrible. I thought the book just did not represent our values at all. A number of years ago, when I was still in New York, I ran a program for our post-B'nai Mitzvah kids after school, like after Hebrew school, they wanted to stay another year, and we spent the entire year watching Bar and Bat Mitzvah through television and through film. There's actually a lot out there. My favorite is a movie called 66. It is a British film about a boy's bar mitzvah that coincides with the 1966 World Cup final, right? And the bar mitzvah looks set to be a disaster when it coincides with the same day. I just want you to know that all of us, or many of us here on the staff, got a call or an email from a Jewish um, publication saying, how is the Taylor Swift concert going to impact B'nai Mitzvah that are already set, right? That we've got that, we're like, it's not, but we've gotten that email because it's upsetting things that are set already. This is the same with that bar mitzvah that took place in the film. There were a whole lot of others that we showed. The Simpsons, if you, Krusty the Crown having his bar mitzvah, Today I Am a Clown. Um, the Wonder Years had a great bar mitzvah. Um, if you remember Jacob the Bar Mitzvah Boy on SNL, you know, I think Billy Crystal played his father once. And then there was a time that Drake was on SNL. His monologue was about his bar mitzvah. Um, I am quoting Blake, uh, Drake, these are not my words. I'm black and Jewish, don't be so foolish. I'm black and Jewish, it's a mitzvah. Chillin' in Boca Raton with my mensch Lenny Kravitz. The only purple drink we sip is purple Manischewitz. At my show, you won't simply put your hands in the air. We can also raise a chair or recite a Jewish prayer. You can find it on YouTube if you want. But this film, even though some people in the room I know did not like it, it actually had Jewish values throughout the film. And it was very easy to find in this week's Parsha mitzvot that corresponded to the film. So the one that I picked out is the Ben Sorer Umore. Ki yelacha ben sorer umore, eneinu shomea bekol aviv uvechol imo, v'yisru oto v'lo yishma alehem. If a man has a wayward and defiant son, or a stubborn and rebellious son. Rashi says, one who deviates from the proper path of life. Ibn Ezra says, it's one who's against God and against his parents. Rushbum says, someone who's obstinate. If they have a son like that, who does not heed his father or mother and does not obey them, even after they discipline him, his father and mother shall take hold of him and bring him to the elders of the town at the public place of the community. 
and they would say to the elders of the town, Benenuzeh, this son of ours, Sorer Umoreh, he is rebellious, stubborn, whatever you're understanding it, bad seed. Um, he doesn't listen to us. Zolel visove. He eats too much, he drinks too much. Then Virogmehu Kol Anshe Irova Avanim. What happens when you drive on Mea Sharim on Shabbat, right? They would all stone this kid, Vamate, and the kid would die from stoning from the elders of the town. Uvi Arta Harami Kirbacha. And then the evil would be swept away out of our midst. Gotta love Torah, right? So don't worry. <laughs> the Talmud says, Ben Sora Umora Lohaya Velo Atid Lihiot that there never was and there never will be a ben sorer umore, that it is impossible to fulfill all the requirements that must be met in order to apply this particular halacha. That if you have such a terrible kid, you take him to the elders of the town and they stone him to death. Doesn't happen. So the film was mostly about girls. So there's a question which is, are daughters included in the ben sorer umore? So because it's Talmud, how many opinions do you think there are? More than one? Yes. So there is a machloket, right? So the Mishnah says explicitly that it is imposed upon a son, but not a daughter. So any of us raising girls? Can't do it. Um, but then somewhere else, a different rabbi, uh, rabbi Shimon says, it would be reasonable that a daughter should be fit to be treated like a son and be punished in the same way. Although just know, that it's not a real thing. Now, in the film, we saw a lot of teen and tween drama, and we saw mean girls. There was no excessive drinking, no excessive eating. But I think what this particular mitzvah can teach us is that there's always been children who are challenging to parent. There's always been challenging kids. Um, getting rid of your child and stoning them to death is clearly never the answer. And while the rabbis say that in all of Jewish history there never was and never will be this category of child that's so terrible, what's interesting is that the threat of consequence has impact. Or at least that was the expectation, right? A parent could say, if you continue this, we're going to throw you out to the, to the elders and they're going to stone you to death. There is consequence. And we see in the movie, we saw parents and kids fighting, and we even saw a consequence, which is a very modern consequence, which is if you keep this up, I'm taking your phone away from you. Um, I can't wait for that one. Um, but we saw kids acting like kids, and we also saw parents acting like parents. We saw the kids just really acting up, and we saw the parents exasperated. I'm just staring at you for no reason. Um, at one point during the film, though, the lead character is standing there. Um, our real Torahs were taken out. And she is engaging in probably the wrong, no, probably, in the wrong kind of behavior that should take place in this room. And the behavior of the teen is so outrageous in terms of the values and standards of the home that she comes from that her parents are really upset. The compassion's not there yet. It takes a little bit of time to get there. And so one thing we can learn um, is that when you have 
a, rebelli a rebellious or a challenging child or grandchild or niece or nephew or someone you know, they need limits and boundaries and consequences. And what else is important to know is that there's always going to be kids like that, that they're going to push those boundaries and they're going to say they don't want those consequences. But what I really liked about the film is that what it did was, is it normalized in our larger secular culture, a Jewish ritual of coming of age. You know, how many Christmas movies have we watched? This was just normalized. This is a movie of a bat mitzvah and the preparation that goes into it. And it was normalized. What goes on with a family? What goes on with siblings? What goes on with a community? And um, I don't, any of the films that I've seen about bar and bat mitzvah, and there have been many, I think this one has been the best. Part two. Um, what was amazing to notice in the film throughout, um, first and foremost, the, the film is the story of a young woman coming of age. That's really what it's about, and it's told within the context of becoming bat mitzvah. And so what was really amazing to see throughout the film was that the, the bat mitzvah wasn't just window dressing or throwaway punchlines or so forth, it was an essential element of her experience of coming of age. And it took the preparation for um, Torah reading and Haftarah very seriously. Um, it took the discussion about themes very seriously, where Adam Sandler's character at one point says, when I was growing up, the theme was Jewish. Um, and the tension sometimes between parents and kids in terms of where their priorities are. Um, and it also took the notion of a B'nai Mitzvah project as being something serious and essential to the experience of coming of age and preparation for this. The main character, Stacy, is somewhat ambivalent about her Bat Mitzvah project in the beginning. Um, and yet her friends and their parents and the rabbi, they spend an awful lot of time talking about B'nai Mitzvah projects throughout the film. Um, and, and raising it to a level of import and essentialness uh, that was really quite refreshing. Um, and in so doing, the movie places the project front and center as part of the responsibility of preparing for becoming bar or bat mitzvah. Uh, and though there, this is a comedy, um, so there is also the, you know, spoiler alert, the throwaway line of the child who's doing the bat mitzvah project of handing out sunscreen at Coachella. Um, Stacy's first attempt, though, is to volunteer at a retirement home to deliver books to the residents. Um, reason that why it's somewhat ambivalent for her is because she has an ulterior motive, which is she finds out that her grade seven crush uh, visits his grandmother regularly in the nursing home, so she wants to use that as an opportunity to get to know him and to talk to him, and that, of course, she does. Um, but over the entire narrative arc of the movie, Stacy discovers the true meaning of mitzvah vis-a-vis -vis bat mitzvah in the importance of relationships and Jewish responsibilities. If you haven't seen the film yet, I'm not going to give any more away than that. But in thinking about the movie and its connection to this week's Torah reading, one verse popped out at me, which is the mitzvah of Shiluach Ken, or the bird's nest. 
Um, when you encounter, when you're walking on your way and you encounter a nest, a bird's nest before you in the way, either on the tree or in the ground, um, um, and it has um, either uh, fledgings or eggs that are within the nest, uh, and the mother bird is sitting on, um, on the eggs, um, you are not to take um, the mother along with the children. In other words, you're hungry. You're walking through the forest, and you happen to see a bird's nest. And in that bird's nest happen to be some eggs. And on top of those eggs happen to be sitting the mother. The mitzvah is shoo away the mother bird before you take um, the eggs. Send the mother free so that you can do that. Now, Maimonides, Rambam teaches us, why do we do this mitzvah? Um, and he, he says it's because it's to teach us not to have a cruel heart. To remember that animals have feelings as well, and animals can, feel, can experience trauma. So in order to sensitize us towards um, compassion in the animal kingdom, you have to shoo away the mother bird. And he continues that if you can learn to do so with animals, kalvachomer, can you learn to do so with other human beings? So we know, for example, even our own society, people that engage in animal cruelty, it's a crime, not only because it's against um, our sense of ethics and um, values when it comes to the animal kingdom, but depending upon the level of the engagement, the, pen the penalties can be quite severe because the courts understand that people that can engage in cruelty to animals at a very high traumatic level, it's not such a long hop, skip, and a jump to do so towards other human beings. One halachic source writes that this mitzvah of shooing away the mother bird is about more than the opportunistic good deed. Its goal, rather, like the mitzvot system in general, is to set normative behavior for how human beings ought to behave. Normative behavior for how human beings ought to behave. In other words, this mitzvah and all mitzvot are designed to create within us a set of normative behaviors. So that we do these behaviors, we should always remember their source, but we do them because we do them not for any other reason other than the fact that they're normative and they help us become better human beings. Danny Siegel uh, is one of my teachers. He was a past international president of USY, of the Conserve Movement's youth group. Danny Siegel is known as the mitzvah man. And one of his most important books is the Bar and Bat Mitzvah Mitzvah Book, a practical guide for young people to change the world. Um, and in the introduction to the book, he, re he gives us a, a different and I think better translation of Bar and Bat Mitzvah. When we think of Bar and Bat Mitzvah, how do we normally translate it? You're a, a son or a daughter of the commandments. Now, does anybody know what that really means? No, because it's ridiculous, <laughs> right? Um, it's, it's ridiculous. What does it mean to be a son or a daughter of the, of the mitzvot? 
Okay, but 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 that does but that doesn't mean that you're a child of the mitzvah itself. It means that you can be part of the implementation and expression of that mitzvah, which is Danny's point. A better translation for Barabbat mitzvah is that when you come of age, you become a mitzvah person. You become a mitzvah person meaning that the child status has permanently changed. No longer are you a child. You're now responsible to spend your life engaged in mitzvot. Um, Danny, probably more than any other person alive, um, is responsible for the spread of mitzvah projects throughout not only North America, but throughout um, the world. Um, he didn't invent it. He'll tell you, he'll be the first one for that. But in the touring that he's done in the 80s and the 90s, he's the one who elevated this idea of mitzvah project to what it is today, where there's an expectation that every bar and bat mitzvah is going to engage in one. And as a result of that, literally millions of projects, millions of people, animals, and our earth have been impacted by this sacred work. At Betzedek each year, we work with Out of the Cold, Via Hafta, and Chasdei Kedurei Food Bank, feeding thousands of people, um, tying, mitzvah to, um, tying mitzvah to becoming bar and bat mitzvah, with the idea that our young people, when they're exposed to this, and their families as well, might be inspired to continue to pay it forward and to engage in this. And watching this film, I hope that we too will be re-inspired to take the B'nai Mitzvah project seriously again as the world watches um, this movie. Um, others will know what a mitzvah is. Um, part three and the conclusion, um, we're going to ask uh, Daniel Silverman to come and share with us uh, the last part of what he wrote in yesterday's week's end because when Rabbi Fryer Bodson and I um, read it yesterday, we saw quite clearly um, how that brings the conclusion. Thank you for the printed copy. I have no recollection of what I wrote without it. <laughs> um, some of you may have read this uh, yesterday. So in this week's Torah reading, Kitetse, as was mentioned before, it's got the largest number of mitzvot of any individual Torah portion. The Israelite people are about to enter the land and to begin to conquer and settle it. They're on the cusp of becoming a full-fledged nation, complete with their own territory, an adult nation. And yet, God and Moses take this moment to share many, many, many new rules and laws with them that will frame how they're going to live their life. It's as if God and Moses know that the people still need guidance and hand-holding through this next stage, even though they're turning the page into a more mature state of being. Laws, rules, and guidance sometimes seem restrictive and even punitive. However, they are almost always meant to help us, to give us a framework and a reference point for difficult decisions and challenging moments. So whether you're a 13-year-old teen, real or fictional, or a 1,300 times three-year-old people, Guiding principles and individual guides only serve to benefit us, be they our parents, our community, our spiritual leaders, our friends and family, as well as texts and traditions that we have passed down to us.
I hope that you take the time to watch the film and to see our building featured prominently. Um, and a Shabbat Shalom to all of you.